All right, here we are, Cowboy Connection Podcast. Welcome. Uh, it's all four of us tonight. Bill, JR, Ted, and Kevin. Here, I'm looking up to see what episode this is, but uh, <clears throat> we ought to be... Some, oh, looky there. This is episode 60. So, good to see everybody. We uh, have had a heck of a time getting this one put together. So, everybody's so busy. JR's traveling down the road, coming back from part uh, of the horse competition in Canada, up there judging and, and sharing and everything else. Bill's... Uh, been hauling geldings and hauling hay and Tad and I just been sitting around in the air conditioner doing nothing. <laughs> where, not where true, was is it? JR, what town was that in? Um, they hosted it in Brooks. Silver Sage Arena it was uh nothing short of amazing, man. It was really cool. Um yeah, I'm still trying to find the words to describe it. Other than fabulous faith filled, they got to share a little message. That active obedience um, kind of called upon not to just profess my faith, but encourage my faith or encourage the faith. And had a lot of good reaction from that. Got to pray for quite a few folks and had a few folks around me and pray for me and. A lot of good nuggets throughout the weekend. It was super, super, super cool. Um, yeah, meet Wade Black. Here's some encouragement for the boys. The infamous Wade Black said he's a diligent listener and he enjoys it. So if none else, we at least have one other one that's listening to to uh, us ramble on this. <laughs> Oh, I think he locked up. Yeah, yeah. He was telling me last night, uh, Wade Black uh, is a diligent listener. Um, I met Wade last year at the Western States Ranch Rodeo Association finals in Winnemucca. And I'll tell you what, JR, you froze up, so I'm finishing your story. Uh, but I'll uh, I'll tell you what, that, that young man, he's a powerhouse. Uh, he's a He's a passionate, passionate for Jesus, like you wouldn't believe, and and a, an incredible educator. He and I shared Cowboy Church last year in Winnemucca, and and oh, cool, uh, and it was really good. Yeah, really good. So, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta share one thing. So I don't know, a week or so ago, I was working in the barn by myself, and I was had, I just had some podcasts going, and I'd never listened to your your uh, podcast that. Um, uh with uh marcus luttrell um what's it called again i can't man i've been listening to it for two weeks now i can't think what it's called um anyway oh, we lost listen, jr for good yeah i think we lost jr but anyway uh if you guys get a chance go back and listen to it um oh it's team never quit That's team it. never quit Star was on there a few years ago and i had never listened to it so i looked it up and listened to it and, uh, man, I just been kind of on a binge now of listening to those stories of those veterans and what they went through. 
And, uh, and about the same time, I listened to uh, a podcast from Mark Driscoll, and he was talking about prayer. And it kind of just all fit in together. And he was saying, you know, when you're in the military and um, you're in a firefight, sometimes you have to call back to headquarters to get your orders. And he likened that to prayer. And he said, you know, we're all in a battle. We're all in a spiritual battle. And he said, that's what prayer is, is for us, is it's us calling back to headquarters to get our orders. And I thought, man, that that was just a really good uh, really, really good way to put it. And I, I just been ruminating on that for the last week or so. And, um, so I just a shout out to that. And if you get a chance, um, uh, team never quit. It's been a couple of years ago. I'm not sure which episode it is, but you can find it just look it up. It was, it was really, really good. Yeah. It's a, it's a fantastic podcast, <clears throat> but, uh, but you know, a lot of those team never quit podcasts are really good. I've listened to quite a few of them. They're on my playlist as well. So yeah, there's just a lot of really good podcasts out there to to be listening to. Now, <clears throat> you know, obviously ours is one of the premier up there at the top, right? But right, but uh, uh, you know, I don't get to listen to to ours all the time. I you know, so I got to listen to other ones. So. <laughs> I don't even remember where we left off, to be honest with you. John 12. <clears throat> Starting in chapter 12. Okay. Yeah, chapter 12. Um, <clears throat> It's really fascinating to me that we're starting right here because I've had Martha and Mary on my mind for a few days. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, uh, just listening to uh, uh, the Unashamed podcast, and they, they were studying in Luke. And began to talk about Martha and Mary, and and uh, it just, you know, the the whole part about the par parable of the Good Samaritan, and and you know, every now and then you got to be refreshed. You can't ever, you know, I've read the parable and I've heard the parable of the Good Samaritan my entire life, and you go a while without listening, you hear someone present a solid teaching on it, and it just, it's just good. Uh, it's so valuable for us to just continue reading scripture and be reminded of it and listening to those solid teachers that are teaching about it. Because, boy, the, the Martha and Mary segment that they talked about was just powerful. So I'm going to go ahead and start in John 12, but I may refer back to Luke 11 here in just a little bit. Um, <clears throat> six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at the table. Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume, but Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, he who uh, was about to betray him said, why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said, this is not, he said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief and having charge of the money bag he used to help himself to what was put into it. Jesus said, leave her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial, 
<clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> I've been coughing for a while. Keep it for the day of my burial, for the poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. So, <clears throat> we uh, we can keep reading. We can we can talk about uh, you know when the large crowd of Jews learned from that Jesus was there. They came not only on account of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to put Lazarus to death as well. Because on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. So the next segment is the triumphant in, triumphal entry. Uh, and so that really is a big movement. But there's so much stuff to talk about in this first part of 12 right here. I just don't want to keep reading on. So what are you guys kind of where are you guys thinking uh, of going with this this little part in 12 right here? Well, just kind of big picture. It's, you know, we're we're really kind of moving to the climax of the whole gospel story. And and, um, you know, I don't know how to say this exactly, but um the next few chapters in John, it gets, I mean, things start happening pretty fast. And it's kind of interesting to me that, you know, like you just said, we're going to move on into the, into the triumphal entry. And, and um, we had talked last time that we got together that, you know, uh, John 14, 15 and 16 um, are kind of my, some of my favorite passages in scripture but just looking at this big picture just thinking of the whole gospel story the whole story of jesus that we're just kind of getting close to the climax of what this whole thing is about and um and uh um it's interesting to me that um you know things are just kind of starting to come to a head here and you know the 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 priests had already decided that they were going to kill Jesus. And we talked about this last time. We've talked about this since we started talking, since we started in John, is that that was the whole reason for Jesus to come. And and it's starting to come to fruition now. And to me, it's just like, you know, the in like in a movie, like when you just know that there's going to be a turning point here pretty soon, that we're going to get to a part that... Oh, the action's just going to start really happening. And that's right. kind of the feeling that I get reading the, these first few verses here in chapter 12. Yeah, you know, like you said, from the very beginning, Jesus has been preparing for this. You know, he's been instigating. He's been gigging the Pharisees. He's been doing things intentionally to for lack of a better term, piss people off, piss the Pharisees off. Yeah. And, and look, we, we see that Lazarus is, has been pretty boisterous. You know, he's the guy that Jesus just raised from the dead two chapters ago. Right. And, or one. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, two chapters ago. And so, you know, um, well, one chapter ago, but, um, you know, the, the, the Passover is coming. Everybody is making their way to 
to um, Jerusalem. They're all migrating that way. They're, you know, the Passover, the, the 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 blood of a spotless lamb was painted on the doorposts. So when the spirit of death came through Egypt, anyone who had that blood painted on their doorpost, the spirit of death passed over. Mm -hmm. uh, the the firstborn of every family. And, you know, the, 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 the Jews were continually and continue to celebrate the deliverance of the Lord. Well, the Passover completely and totally represents points to Jesus. It is a, it is, it is what Jesus is all about, right? That's why it's so appropriate for, for this to be taking place at this time. And, and so, you know, there's excitement in the air, there's anticipation going on and Jesus goes into his friend's home and, and begins to have a meal. And I don't want to overlook the characters, the people that are represented here. You know, we have Mary, we have Martha, we have Judas and, and Mary represents everybody in the world that claims to follow Jesus but is continually to, continually working to earn their salvation continually in turmoil trying to be good enough hoping to be good enough we see that in in uh Luke 10 38 when Martha's you know making dinner and Mary's sitting at the feet of Jesus and and Martha uh comes and says Lord uh, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone tell her then to help me but the Lord answered Martha Martha you are anxious and troubled about many things but one thing is necessary Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Mary represents those who are resting in the peace and presence of Jesus Christ, the salvation, the deliverance of Jesus Christ. Mary is sitting at the feet, not concerned about pleasing Jesus through her works, but worshiping Jesus and giving everything turning everything over to Jesus. And we have to see that. We have to see that as Jesus is, is in a very short period of time going, going to his death for us. Not so we have to work, not so we have to earn our salvation, but so we have, so that we get to receive our salvation through a profess, prof, profession of faith in Jesus Christ. Nothing we did, but what he's about to do. And Mary is so in love, so enthralled, so passionate about worshiping Jesus that she's all in. Even 300 denarii in. You know, you hear all kinds of, sayings and statements about how much money that is. It's a year's salary. I, it doesn't matter. 
It was everything that she had. And, and she was all in. And Martha's too busy to be all in. Mm -hmm. I'm going to stop right there and let you guys, if anyone wants to talk about that a little bit. Is I just have a question. Is the account in Luke the same is that is the dinner that they were that they were preparing in Luke the same dinner that they are talking about here in John twelve? Um, I do not. I do not know for certain. Um, uh, I don't think it is. I think this was in Luke was a first an early encounter, and and in John it was a later encounter, but it still right. represents the women. So it's yeah. not the same, the same encounter. I don't believe that. That's how I've always thought about it, I guess. But I don't. I didn't know the answer to that. They're they're just. I mean, Kevin started alluding to the worship aspect of it, and <clears throat> mm -hmm. And that's what I looked at as Mary. You know, it, it, it's historically spikenard was. I mean, it's very costly. You know, and and I've heard historically that very well could have been her inheritance given to her by her family. And you know, there, there's obviously there was great uh, value in this. And and my footnotes talk about how spikenard was kept mostly for special occasions. to to honor somebody to 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 because of the cost of it and as i sit here and i was pondering this whole thought of mary and i've actually preached taught at at, at church on this uh you know probably around uh, easter last year or something but anyway all that said uh, you know you start looking at mary and she she was just unashamedly worshiping jesus she was taking her hair and wiping his dirty feet. And, you know, as we go on later, you know, I may, maybe it's in there, maybe I missed it here, but anyway, you know, it talks about how they start rebuking her and they're like, you know, <laughs> you didn't even give me, you know, water to wash my feet. And here she is letting her hair down. She was willing to pour herself out to worship the master. But as I was sitting here thinking about this whole thought about spike nerd, and the costliness of it, and it was kept for special occasions, you know, and every day of our lives is a special occasion to unashamedly pour every bit of ourselves out to the master, to, to honor him. You know, I was thinking about David when he said, I won't give anything to the Lord that don't cost me something you know and then you see on the very flip side of this coin here's judas and and judas is sitting there going like but one of his disciples judas simon or judas iscariot simon's son who betrayed would betray him why is this fragrant oil not sold for 300 dinaria and given to the poor and i don't know i don't necessarily ever really govern what i'm gonna say so i'm gonna say it to me that's a representation of a of a 
of a self-consuming uh, a group or organization that's constantly concerned with how much money they can amass to their cells so they can build something bigger in the physical realm so they can have this image of being this uh and and i don't want to sound like i'm against you know obviously uh, uh, structure and infrastructure but i feel like there are certain things out there they're more concerned about their infrastructure and what it looks like to the world as an image of this is the worship of jesus as opposed to just pouring themselves out just you know just just laying their lives out you know i i there again you think about the woman that that gave the two mites and and you know and jesus said she gave more than all of you because she gave it all mm. at the end of the day jesus doesn't want us to be takers he wants us to have the very nature of him and be givers we're to to give ourselves to him but by giving ourselves to him we give ourselves to to the world around us i i there again i don't i don't want to this isn't hopefully bragging or self-exaltation i had a had a gal reach out to me a while back and she was you know asking if i had some hogs for sale but she says i can't afford beef she says right now it's just expensive and and so i messaged her and i said hey do you ever get to the central Montana and she's on occasion. Why? What's up? I said, well, I want to give you some hamburger when you're here. You know, I'm, I'm just, you know, God has blessed me so I can be a blessing, I guess is the way I look at it. And then I begin to express to her, you know, how we try as a body of Christ to, to give meat to, to people that need it because we understand the cost of it. And, and, you know, and then I was just sharing here with her with I, when I went to college, how, my parents never really could give me much, but they always gave me meat and it was like gold to me. And, hmm. and I, I think that's what we have to remember is oftentimes there again is, you know, what was Judas really going to give this to the poor or was he just amassing it to himself once again, so he could funnel it to his own. Um, obviously in the end he betrays Jesus and sells out for 30 pieces of silver, but or was he just amassing this money to his own image of, you know, well, I'm feeding the poor, but was it ever really getting to the poor? And I think that's the other thing as the body of Christ is we have to really to become true worshipers of Jesus. We don't have to look to our our church, and I don't know, that's the word to use. We're all part of the church, but our church to do it. You know, I was having a conversation with a gentleman and, and he's like, yeah, sometimes we just need to take and just go do it ourselves. Don't go to the church and say, Hey, so-and-so needs help. We need to be just like, I really, what I feel like is Mary, just pour yourselves out, just give every bit of you. And at the end, the only thing you're going to take to heaven is the, is, is the treasures that we've sent ahead. We don't get to take these materialistic things that, that we've amassed in, in in these kingdoms of our own that we've built, and I, 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 I so yeah. Well, we know, and and looking at at Judas, and you know, I sit there and and wonder what was the what was the purpose of Judas, right? Well, I mean, we can all say ultimately Judas is ultimate purpose was to betray Jesus but let's let's not let's not overlook the fact that it wasn't just one betrayal 
right? It wasn't the great betrayal. Judas betrayed Jesus for three years. Yeah. He, he continually betrayed Jesus. And, and he was one of the 12. And I look at my own spirit. I look at across the board. And I, and I look at all the pastors that are falling to sexual sin or, you know, uh, um, uh, you know, financial sin, what they're falling reports come out every day of pastors who are falling. And, and I sit there and, and look, and those are the Judases that are, Maybe they didn't start out that way when they first stepped into ministry. But they became the Judases that just secretly in their secret life began to betray Jesus. And we know the author, John, you know, he said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. Yeah. Well, not because he cared about the poor. That hurts my heart. How many other pastors, how many other leaders are out there? How many other Christians, just Christians, that don't care about the poor? That don't care about the widows and orphans? Yeah, let, let me interject in that because I'm, I'm going to tell on myself right now. I The other day, it was reading in James in my Bible reading and I posted that scripture on Facebook about, you know, pure and undefiled religion was visiting the the orphan and, and the, the widows. Uh, you know, it's easy to be like, well, yeah, that's great. And I'll be honest, I was so convicted. I have a mother that's a widow. And I was thinking, and I, I communicate with her through texting often and stuff. And I was like, how... I'm failing in my, with my own mother, who's a widow of truly, you know, because I think that's the danger of technology. We can, we can text, we can, you know, even call, we can FaceTime. And I'm thinking she's only two hours away. And it's so easy to, to, I guess, really, like you're saying, become a Judas. Become a Judas so un, un, unaware of falling into that that trap. And I was, I was just like, my goodness, I can use every excuse. I'm busy. I'm hating. You know, I can go through so many reasons. But at the end of the day, there are excuses. And I think it was my mother would say, you know, excuses are a lot like a butthole. We all have them, and they kind of stink. And <laughs> yeah, it's true. And so you know, I think that's. The, I mean, just to interject in what you're saying there, Kevin, is it's easy to look like, well, this guy. I read this report on who's all fallen from sexual sin, or who's this, or who's that, and then you bring up that scripture in James, which if I'd have been sitting next to you, I would have slapped you because it was a reminder of exactly what I have just walked through a day or two ago. And you go to uh, uh, um, Matthew chapter 25, 
And it says that when you this this is the the worship of Jesus right here is when you've done it on to the least of these, we've mm -hmm. done it on to him. And so that's yeah. truly the worship that that you know he really desires is that right there. So yeah. Yeah, that's I had, I had to laugh, Bill, because you're uh you're saying there. That was on JR's podcast on the one I was just talking about on Team Netflix. <laughs> and so that's become my favorite, my favorite thing to say. Because <laughs> it's so true. I, I, I'm quite true. certain I probably heard that more than once from my mother. So, you know, it was kind of fitting in the middle of the story to uh, impregnate that right into the middle of that story. So, But, you know, you started off, Kevin, was saying you know let's take a look at these characters that's the other thing that strikes me and i've said this before but um you know we got to recognize when we're reading the scripture that these are accounts of real people real life we have their names and you know talking about mary and martha and we we've talked about this before um but I, I really, and I've said this before, but I really wish I was Mary in this story. But more often than not, in my own life, I find myself, I'm the Martha. And and you look at that, so we've got Mary and Martha, and we've talked about that. We've got Lazarus who, you know, died, and Jesus raised him back to, back to life. But then we're talking about Judas, and, uh, you know, this was the son of God that was dealing with these people and he's dealing with the same things that we deal with. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, you talk about leadership and uh, you know, it, it, it's kind of a topic that I've studied my whole life about leadership, how to be a good leader. And you look at this and I mean, the Jesus Christ who is there, at the beginning of the world who spoke i mean he's god eternal he's a creator of the universe and talk about leadership and all of these things this is one of his guys this yeah. is one of the 12 and you know it just kind of I, I don't know it's like this is so applicable to our lives because it's real life and um you know and, and this is this is in the word of God. And the, these were the people that he was dealing with. And so, you know, should we be surprised if we have somebody? Um, I listened to something the other day about being offended. And, and um, you know, I'm pretty easily offended sometimes and about how dangerous that is. Well, can you imagine how offended? I mean, if I was with a group of guys for three years every single day and did all the things that they did, and I had somebody stab me in the back like Judas did, I'd be pretty dang offended. Yeah. You know? And so when it says that Jesus was faced with all the temptations that we're faced with, yet he didn't sin, that's that's the real deal. That's the real deal. Well, I mean, you said it. He's the son of God. You hmm. said that a minute ago, and that struck me when you said that. Because Judas didn't believe it right right judas didn't believe it i want some solid self-evaluation right now from anyone listening to this 
because we know in Matthew 26, you know, uh, 26, 20, when it was evening, he reclined at the table, right? This is the last supper. Mm -hmm. And as they were eating, he said, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. They were very sorrowful and began to say to him one after another. It's important to hear that one after another. Is it I, Lord? Eleven of them. One after another. Is it I, Lord? Is it I, Lord? Is it I, Lord? Is it I, Lord? But Judas, he said, is it I, Rabbi? Uh, he didn't say that. And in uh, Matthew 26, 25. Wow. I never picked up on that before. Judas, who would betray him, answered, is it I, Rabbi? Judas didn't believe that he was the son of God. And it, it's a gut punch to me to think about that. How many pastors yeah. on a daily basis are fallen to sin and with almost no accountability, we're inviting them right back into the pulpit and into that spiritual leadership. Mm -hmm. Judas hung himself. Right. And then apparently his head ripped off. And he fell. And his body split open on the rocks. How many pastors are falling on a daily basis? How many spiritual leaders, how many Christians, how many godly men are listening to this podcast who are leading their homes? They're supposed to be the spiritual leader in their homes. And they're corrupt. They're falling to sin. Just like Judas was right here. And ultimately, he didn't believe that Jesus was the Son of God. Mm-hmm. That's tough. That's the window that we get to see right here. You know, I think I think Mary is 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 the worshiper who who gets it. I don't have to earn my salvation. I'm all in. I'm totally submitted. Martha, probably a Christian, probably a believer, but still concerned about pleasing Jesus. But Judas, he was an unbeliever. And he walked yeah. with Jesus for three years, and he was an unbeliever. Man, that's something. Well, I think it, but you, you're sitting here talking about, you know, just how many, there again, going back to the, the you know, what. Uh, because obviously, as as leaders and leaders in the church, we have have a higher account on our lives, uh, and and but all in all, how many how many people sat in a, a church meeting, a a fellowship Sunday after Sunday, as and it talks about it in in. Uh, Timothy, first or second, first Timothy, I believe, that says, you know, they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we can, 
you know, I mean, and there again is, is I obviously want to always hold the mirror in front of my own face and, and, you know, talk to the guy I see in the mirror. But I think that's the whole thing is, is if we can get so wrapped up in ritualistic, you know, um, you know, do, do, do I go to church because it's quote unquote, the Christian thing to do? Do I go because I love God? That, that at the end of the day, that's what it boils down to is we'll see later on here. And I believe, uh, um, um, John 14, 15, I got a Bible here. Maybe I'll just check to see. Yeah. John 14, 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. The Bible's very clear. He says, you know, do not forsake the assembling together with with the church or with the body, with the fellowship, brethren, whatever word we want to use here. And at the end of the day, am I doing it to keep, do I do that because I'm legalistic in nature and I want to look godly? Or do I do it because I have such a radical love for God? And as we're going to see later here in a bit, in John, he'll say, you know, John 13, I believe it is, is that, you know, the world will know us because of our love one for another. He says that this new commandment I'm going to give you is to love each other as I have loved you. And so that's the whole thing is, is I can go to church because by golly, that's the Christian thing to do. Or I can go because of a radical love and obedience to God. And I love his people. And I know I need their fellowship. And I need their strengthening. And I need their accountability. I need that the, the, what they they have. I've told, I've told people at our church, I says, you know, when you're gone, it isn't necessarily you that's missing out. It's us that's missing out. Because you were supposed to bring something on a Sunday morning that the body needed. Because it's very clear we're, when, 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 when a body comes together, we're all supposed to be giving something for the strengthening and encouragement of the body. And so I think that's the thing is, is yeah, it's, it's easy to sit here and say, well, Judas, Judas, Judas. And yet it just, I think, which obviously we know it's, it's a picture, it's a representation, it's in the Bible for our learning but I think we all have to look at ourselves and the people that we know around us. Are they just a Judas that is coming and they they, they could care less about as, as we looked at it, the very first part of, of uh, John being born again, truly giving their life over and being born of the spirit, uh, truly calling Jesus Lord, or are they just going because, well, that's what we've always done. Right. You know, we all hear that a lot, especially in our culture, in the cowboy culture. You know, people people say, I don't go to church because of the hypocrites. I don't do this. I don't. People associate the church with the building. We've said this before. And that the church isn't the building. The church is the body. It's the body of Christ. It's the, it's a fellowship of believers. And And we need each other. We weren't created nor were we designed to be alone we know that right from the beginning that's why man created woman god created woman rather because we weren't intended to be alone and 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 you know i heard this old saying one time if you don't go to church because of hypocrites 
the hypocrites are closer to Jesus than you are. <laughs> well, uh, I'll, I'll be honest, Kevin. I sit here as a pastor at church, and I'm a hypocrite. Well, absolutely. That's the totally. point I'm trying to make. That's <laughs> well, the point. I know it is. I know it is. That Bill's a hypocrite. Why, no, <laughs> I, I just wanted to get it out there. It, it, <laughs> it's 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 absolutely you're right. But that's the thing is is I think it's the funny thing is is it's. It, it, this all falls into that category of, well, don't judge. Well, the only way you know I'm judging is you're judging me, judging exactly. you. You you <laughs> sit here and say you won't go because of the hypocrites. Well, guess what? <laughs> exactly. Exactly right. right. I, I wish I could. I, I'm trying to remember uh, uh, the ragamuffin guy. What was his name? Um, shoot, I just slipped my mind. The gospel. Um, 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 Mullins, yeah, and and he no. had. I, oh, I, could, yeah. I wish he. I had because it was just that it was. He he Great had this whole thing. He talked about you know people talking about you know the church being hypocrites, and it was kind of that. He's like, yeah, I know. That's why we need to go. We need to go because we are hypocrites. Because we need this encouragement. We need this strengthening. This is why I go because I know I'm in this condition. It's just. Uh, <laughs> Well, and, and, and my, you know, part of the point was, look, you need to find a fellowship. You need to find people to fellowship with because you're not, most of the people I hear say that, you know, I, I love, I, I live in this beautiful country. The nature's my church. Well, the only way nature's your church is if there's a half dozen other people there that are edifying you, building you up and you're edifying and building them up. If you're out there hiking in the wilderness by yourself, you're not in church. Quit trying to convince people you are. And, and let, let me add, let me add when you when you you find a, when you find a body of, of believers, make sure they're preaching the gospel, rightly dividing the word of God. Because there again, you can go over into Timothy, and it says there's going to come a time that they're going to heap teachers to them that merely tickle their itching ears. If you yeah. go just because you want a goosebump. That's the wrong. If, if if all you ever do is get goosebumps, it's a church you go and not a knot on your uh, spiritual head every once in a while. Yeah. You may need to find a body that is truly, truly preaching the word of God. And yeah. and there's gonna be there's gonna be unbelievers there. There's gonna be fallen people. There's gonna be. I mean, Jesus had a church. <laughs> there were 13 of them gathered together and one of them was an unbeliever right it's just accept it suck it up Amen. deal with it, <laughs> deal with it. quit being well, a pansy go find a body of believers to fellowship with if they're not playing the music you like oh well go to dinner <laughs> with some of them get you fed, know start feeding investing in people and maybe you can help a judas in a church become a believer exactly amen yep. and i think you know getting back to mary and martha you know my in the last couple of years my heart has really kind of been in in kind of focused towards men's ministry because i i really think that that there's a need for it and you getting back to the Martha and Mary, I think as men, a lot of times we're better being Martha's than we are Mary because Mary was relational. Martha was about, you know, the to-do list. 
And I said this before, and I'm just being convicted by this listening to you guys now. I don't lock up. In my fault. And and it's the part that I dislike Back up. like the most. Back up. You uh you uh you froze up right after you said listening to you guys I've been convicted of this and s- repeat what you oh, said. Oh, I did. Yeah. Oh. Uh, what I what I said was I I've, I've kind of been convicted about this just listening to you guys right now but going back to Martha and Mary. I think as men uh, we we are we're for the most part, generalization, we're wired to get stuff done. Right. We're wired to do stuff. We're wired for action. And the relational stuff is the stuff that's hard for us. Again, I'm generalizing, but I was talking about my job and, you know, the hardest part about my job is dealing with people. And I can have, you know, a ton of work to get done. And if I can just get in there early and stay late, I can plow through some stuff. But listening to you guys now, I'm, I'm just being kind of convicted because we're called to be salt and light, right? Right. And the work, you know, we talked about this in Ephesians that 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 the purpose for the church is building up. Um, I can't quote it right now, but but building us, building each other up for the work of the ministry. Well, that ministry doesn't happen in church. That's not where we're, I mean, it does happen in church, but that shouldn't be the only place where, where we're doing ministry. Our ministry should be in our everyday lives. And I think, you know, I think as men, we can get real distracted by, okay, you know, Bill talked about it earlier, busy, he's haying, and, and I'm feeling the same thing. I've got, I, I've got to get hay moved. I got to get this done and that done, and I'm getting busy at work and, you know, and pretty soon it's like people are people are a hindrance to us. People are um, they're an interruption to what we're trying to do. Well, that's not what that's, you know, if we're supposed to, you know, remember the what would Jesus do thing here a few years ago? That's not what Jesus did. I mean, his focus was on relationships. His focus was on people. And, you know, that's what he's called us to do. And the relational part of it. Um, I'm 100 percent agree with everything you guys just said about church. Um, um, and we're supposed to be there to worship. We're supposed to be there to get built up. We're supposed to be there to be the people that are building others up. We're supposed to be there to encourage each other's. But for what? For the work of the ministry I mean. that happens. The other, you know, uh, six days and however many 23 hours of our life of our week. And um, because, you know, there's a world out there and it's becoming more apparent all the time. There is a world out there that is hurting. There's a world out there that is suffering. There's a world out there that is without hope. And they are, you know, like when Jesus said, you know, look, look out. The, the field is white for harvest. Man, if it was true 2000 years ago, what about today? Yeah. And it, and it's time um, and I'm preaching to myself right now. It's time. It's time to suck it up. Just like you said, Kevin, to get over ourselves, to get our eyes off of ourselves, to get off of our butts and to get busy doing the Lord's work. Well, and I think, you know, the whole thing is, is, is 
the as you go, as you go. It's 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 not a forced thing. It's a as you go, you 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 know preach the kingdom of heaven as hands. You lay hands on the sick. You cast out demons. You raise the dead. And and, and like you just said, Ted and Kevin, we've got to get over ourselves. Uh, a lot of times, it's easy to not go and engage somebody because of really the fear of man. I I was at a, a retirement party for a, uh, or excuse me, an anniversary 60th anniversary party for a couple the other day, and this guy got up and he was a Gideon, you know. So obviously, we had a mutual. Uh, um, uh, um, interest, obviously, the things of the Lord, but I didn't hear his name, and I just felt compelled by the Lord. And this was obviously two believers that were were fellowshipping at this this party and the end of this all. But I, I'll bring this around to what I my point is: is I felt I needed to just go ask him his name and say, if I heard right, you're a Gideon. I'll tell you what, him and I had such good fellowship standing at that retire or excuse me, that anniversary party that if I would have just not done what I felt the Lord wanted me to go do, I would have missed that opportunity. Mm -hmm. And it's the same. It's the same as we go. If we just listen to the things of God and what he is saying, the opportunities, as you just said, Tad that the field is white with harvest pray to the lord of the harvest to send workers well when you pray make sure you add your name to the list of workers that are supposed to be going amen yeah. well even jesus says it right here right to martha he says um or to judas leave her alone so that she may keep it for the day of her burial of my burial for the poor you always have with you but you do not always have me you know, Jesus was getting ready to go. Yep. And but the poor are always there. There's always somebody that needs something. Yep. And if you can't see it, go ahead, JR. Oh, finally, yeah. I'll just uh I've been in and out here a little bit, but you'll have to forgive me. I don't have my Bible in hand, but can somebody that's got their Bible in hand read Romans twelve one? Yeah, be, not therefore, be not conformed to this world, but right. be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Romans 12, 2. What's 12, 1? Oh, I appeal oh, to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. The true way to worship the Lord, I think, of all of this that I'm hearing we need to look at Judas as the mirror to our face to make sure that we're not being a Judas. And the one we need to study is the worshiper. And what's the true way to worship the Lord? Offer him daily my whole being. He wants my heart. He wants me right where I'm at. He wants everything about me. And it's not just the songs we sing in church. It's not just the worship music we listen to. It tr It's the transformation that happens. It's not a transaction relationship. It's a transformation that happens when we will truly worship the Lord. He wants all of me, right? Mm -hmm. So I was talking to Warnicky about this uh, earlier today. 
So the question I have for you guys, as I've been listening in and out of this, is don't you, do you feel that it is easier, not easier necessarily as far as nerves and those things go, but don't you, do you feel as though it is easier to stay in tune with the Holy Spirit and easier to listen to those spiritual nudges when you are truly seeking the Lord and worshiping the Lord? Without a doubt. For sure. So it's all the other things, the busyness of life, the distraction, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy to keep us away from that presence, entering that rest and that operation of work, quote unquote work here, I'm doing air quotes, of work that takes place for for the kingdom i find it in myself i i think i said this on the last podcast too but i was i was i thought that was a super good saying uh of banning lipshire when he said when he planted that new church and um and the little congregation came up there and asked him well do don't where's where's the uh uh the small group sessions and he said, what do you mean? And they said, well, at our other church, we had a small group session. And, he, and and Banning said, I'm not discouraging those things in the church. I'm not discouraging small groups. I think those are very important things of the church. But his response was, if the Lord has laid that on your heart, I think you should invite some friends over for coffee and study the Bible. Amen. Yeah, love it. And so they, and then, and then the next question he got was, where's the missions group? And he said, what do you mean? He said, well, last church we studied his missions group. He said, well, what's on your heart? Well, serving the homeless. Well, if that's on your heart, go down there and clothe the naked, feed the sick and, or clothe the naked, feed the hungry and pray for the sick. So I've been super challenged in that, um, since I listened to that book. And I was talking to back, circling back around to Warnicky, the conversation I was having with Warnicky lately, the Lord's really been working on me with my purpose. And Isaiah 55, 11, I think is the one that says the, the, the word that he sends out will not return void. Right. And so the, I, I think you guys step in here and correct me if I'm wrong, but if I, if I will, die to my flesh, pick up my cross and follow Jesus daily. That's worshiping Jesus. It's worshiping the Lord. If I will make him the absolute Lord of my life, if I will seek it, seek the kingdom of God above all else and seek his righteousness, all of these things will be added unto me. So all of my wants, not wants, all of my needs will be added unto me. So back clear back around to Ephesians 4 1 that says, I, Paul, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to live a life worthy of your calling. That's it. If I will just worship the Lord, if I will just un go try to understand his heart, be transformed by the way I think, give him my whole being, truly worship the Lord, make him the Lord of my life and truly worship him. My purpose is the word that he lays on my heart. And some of those things might be going into the grocery store with a smile on my face after a long day and a stressful day in the workplace. It might be going into the grocery store with a smile on my face and 
saying hello to somebody and putting a smile on somebody's face. That might be the purpose that the Lord has for me today. It might be loving my wife extra, a little extra hard today because she needs it. Like Jesus loved the church. I think a lot of times we get too wrapped up and too worried about our big works and our big purposes when truly Jesus just wants us to worship him daily. And those things will flow out of us naturally, which will then lead into big callings and big works and big purposes. So we were talking about that. The Justin and I were talking about that. The getting don't worry so much. It's kind of like horse training. When you worry about perfection too much, it makes it harder to get. But if you yeah. will work at perfecting the little things daily, the big project unfolds. So I think the big work is to study the worshiper. And the true way to worship is present my body daily. Lord, here I am. I am listening. Your servant is listening. Send me. What would you have me do today? I want to yeah. seek you in all that I do. I, I don't need to invite the Holy Spirit into my situations because he's already there. I want to enter into your presence and go do what you would have me do today. And I just want to worship you by presenting my whole body. That's that's so good, Jr. Because you know I, I sit in, and I mean I I'm so blessed to be actually with the, where I'm at with the church I have. But you know you you're in a town of I mean like I tell people I just we go from 100 to 105 depending on if we've had some births or deaths in the town. You don't really know how many people are there, but but you know I, I've thought about that. Everybody I actually one time had somebody said said to me they says well Bill Grass Range must be just a a stepping stone to you to something bigger. And, and I mean, the Lord has clearly spoke to me. He says, this is your option, Bill. You're staying in grass range as a pastor, as far as, you know, that, that part of my ministry. And I'm okay with that. And I looked at him. I said, I don't ever remember reading in the Bible where God steps on people to get somewhere. He, 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 he ministers to them where they're at. And, and I think that's such a great, what you just said, JR is so, Good, because could you imagine if everybody in the church got to their big thing, whatever the big thing was, we're all, you know, we're all coached to get the big thing. And so all of a sudden, everybody leaves the workforce and we all go to a mission field in Africa or wherever. Where's the salt and the light at the, at the grocery store? Where's the salt and the light at the Walmart or or the feed store, or wherever we've been called to, to, you know, our occupation to be, you know, I, I think it was Bill Johnson one time, he says, you know, all these people worry about what the call of God is. He says, I don't care, just go do something. But as you do, go preach the gospel, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, and cast out demon and raise the dead. There, there's your calling. And I think yeah. that's where we get that mindset that wherever we're at, we worship God through obedience to his word and what he has called us to do. That was a very good uh, um, interjection in that, Jr. Yeah, it is. And and I don't know how many people have come to me and said, you know, I, I want to do something bigger for the kingdom. Well, I, I don't know about you guys. There's about two checkers at the Walmart that I want to go in. And the reason I want to go to their stand is they're, they're not the fastest. They're the friendliest. They're the best. They're, 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 what if, what if, 
going to say because they're the only two that are open. Yeah, well, no. <laughs> Another self-checkout, and I'm a pretty great guy. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so are you one of the two, Kevin? No, no, no. No, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't like going down my checkout aisle. <laughs> but, I mean, imagine if all the the the, the children of God – they're working at the grocery stores and the feed stores are truly shining the, the, the light, truly Amen. the salt in the light. Who could you impact wow. on a daily basis by truly 100%. viewing it as your mission field until the next thing comes along? My mission field is my job at Walmart, Albertsons, Cody Feed, uh, whatever. What, what's Whatsoever you do, do heartily unto as unto the Lord and yeah. as not unto man. And, and knowing that your reward comes from your Father in heaven. And that's the whole thing is, is you know, I, I, I was uh, given, had a guy trying to get a hold of me. And, and I was having a tough time actually connecting with him. And I told him, I'm going to I'm going to use Romans uh, 12, 11 as my excuse. Actually, I ran into his wife and told her I'm using Romans. 12, 11 is my excuse. It says, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. And just think right there, you take that and then collage that Colossians, the one about Colossians 3.23, I believe about, you know, to, to do all things heartily as on the Lord. Yeah. And we would take those two things and apply the Romans 12, 1, like JR just said. Imagine the difference the world around us would see in Christians. How many Christians go to their job every day and they grumble and complain how bad they hate it? Yeah. Not me, man. No, I you're too holy for it. You're the boss, so you're you've got it good. So but I guess that's what I'm saying though is, is you're absolutely right. Well, well I, I mean, mean Philippians 2 14 says do all uh, things without grumbling and disputing that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life so that in the day of Christ, I may be proud that, that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificed sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Do all things without grumbling and disputing. Yep. Oh, man. I've heard that one last couple. So. Like God's telling us. Yeah. That's where I was going. Like, and I'm not discouraging the big dreams and big purposes that the Lord lays on your heart because I think that if he gives you that word that it will not return empty. But you can wear yourself out chasing it if it doesn't happen on the time frame that you that you think it should happen on. You got to let the Lord's whole plan work out. So I think don't give up on the big purposes or big dreams or whatever that he lays on your heart. But if you're struggling to find work to do for the kingdom, you're not looking around very hard. Amen. Because of that, I have plenty of daily kingdom works that I need to do. Going and not complaining. Yep. Loving my wife like Jesus loved the church. Disciplining my children. 
whatever be it may be. Be faithful with the small things. Be faithful yeah. with the small things and let the big the big seeds that are the big big words, big dreams, big visions that are in your heart play out as the Lord would have them play out rather than as I would have them play out because I think a lot of times that season is for a learning it's a learning season and a preparing season and a prepping season there maybe it's you need to get rid of fears and anxieties maybe it's you need to let go of of worshiping money maybe it needs to be whatever before you can even step into that vision and that dream so be faithful with the small things daily seek the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you right and why and why would god why would god entrust you with a big thing right if you're being faithful with the little things mm-hmm. i mean i mean and again i'm preaching to myself here i was teasing bill but that's uh, i mean it's those little things and getting back to horse training jr like or here's you're... one sorry not to cut you off here's one how about let everything that comes out of my mouth be encouraging i think that's ephesians 4 29 or something that close encouraging and uplifting to those around me yeah absolutely sorry to cut you off go ahead well i was just gonna say you had mentioned horse you know working with horses and um we were just at that at that horsemanship clinic that brian newbert clinic that we put on here a few weeks ago and and he he mentioned several times about um tom dorn's telling him that it's the little things that matter it's the little things that that are so important and it's the same thing with our walk with the lord just like what you were saying jr about you know, maybe maybe my only purpose for today is to love my wife as Christ loved the church. How am I doing there? You know, maybe my only purpose today is to do what you were just saying is to is to not complain and grumble at my job. I mean, am I doing that? Um, you know, it's all those little things put together that pretty soon you build something. Here's so, one so- for me. We were put on this earth to tend the land. So some days my only purpose is to go out and check my check my yearlings. But sometimes that can be a job. Or how about when I'm training and practicing to go to a show? I'm such a overachiever and perfectionist and want to win so bad that sometimes I do that without Thanksgiving. Sometimes my only purpose is to go check my yearlings and to do it with Thanksgiving the whole time. Yeah, I have a interesting thing. We were just at a barrel racing on Sunday, and um, my nope. one of my daughters, Olivia, had just you know just didn't have a very good run on Sunday, and she was upset about that. And that's one thing I mentioned to her. I said, you know, I said, tell me one thing you're thankful for right now. And she was like, you know, and she wasn't in the mood for this yet. <laughs> so, yeah. but. I was like, is there any other place on earth you'd rather be right now than at this barrel racing? I mean, would you rather be at home irrigating right now? Because we can do that. And, you know, but you're right. I mean, be thankful. Find find the one thing. Um, you know, it just doesn't fall into your lap. There's some effort that comes about on our part. And going, I was just thinking about James 4. Um, you know, we determine... 
and this isn't my own. I, I'm stealing this from somebody. I just can't remember who it, who it is. But we determine how close we are to God. That, that, that's our, we determine that. And so in James, when it says draw close to God and he'll draw close to you, there's some action on our part that has to happen first. And so if we want to be that person that we're describing right now, there's some effort that's going to have to go into that. And now, and now, you know, and, and again, you can go on both into both ditches. You can say, well, that's, that's works. Well, our job is to is to believe in him who sent us. And sometimes that takes some effort to get to that place. Well, yeah. well you're well, you're already in James. Just go to the scripture. You know, I, I, I was going there. I was going faith, there, Bill. Go faith ahead. without works is dead. D-E-A-D, dead. You know, we have to put effort into a relationship. I mean, we're all married, and many of them that, that listen to this podcast are married. If we don't put effort into our relationships with our wives, they begin to suffer. Yeah. And so I have to work at times to have a quality relationship with my wife. Yeah. I have to work greater works than these. I mean, there's the word, this whole idea of, you know, well, it's works. No, we don't work for our salvation. I work because I'm absolutely radically in love with Jesus and I want to draw closer to him. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. My grandma has. She said, "I have a question here." She has a question here. Uh, her question is: It says that God's thoughts are not our thoughts. So, are the thoughts that we have that we think are a big thing, are those big things and big purposes, or is that an American way of thinking? And then, when you said, "Draw close to me, and I'll draw close to you," she said, "That's a big thing to him." But mm -hmm. very very good question <laughs> the, the the things in the bible that they tell us to do why aren't those our big things our big purposes the little things that he says to entrust us with those should be our big things don't worry about the big works that we think we want to accomplish start worrying about the big things that are important to god well you know i've been doing this i've been doing this now i've been in ministry for over 20 years full-time vocational ministry for 20 years. And I realized this year, listening to the Lord, that for, for my life, simplicity is an important thing for me. Yeah. And I get more out of my Wednesday Bible study, men's Bible study. Every other Wednesday night, I got a group of men that sit around my dinner table and we do a Bible study. And this morning, I had the privilege of going over to one of them's house, called me up, asked me to come over and pray for him because he's struggling. And that right there, that's that's impactful. That's meaningful. That That is God's working in this area. And, you know, sure, I run a ministry with a dozen staff. And sure, I have a podcast. And people listen to it, but I don't interact with those people very often. But my Wednesday evening men's Bible study, well, how many people are wanting something big and grand, but they can't even find the time to have a Wednesday evening Bible study at their house? I think she's right. Yeah. The, I the idea too, of some big mega ministry seeing this 
I think we begin to lose sight of the simplicity of the gospel. The simplicity of the gospel. The simplicity <laughs> of the gospel. Go. The simplicity of the gospel is showing love to people in the Walmart parking lot. It's, wow. it's sharing the love of Jesus with somebody in need. I've I've had people literally say, "Well, when I get my ministry, I will," and right. I'll say, "I'll say, what do you do right now?" Well, I'm a truck driver. I said, "Well, good. You have a ministry. Now go do it." Right. <laughs> I mean, whatever it is, it, it's it's that's the problem. Is 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 too often people are wanting their ministry and they want their merch and they want their building and they want their name on it and they want their their their. Well, when it gets to be all about them and there and there, I think it gets to be a uh, long ways away from what God has intended. Um, you know, I, I it's just I've had people say, well, what church do you pastor? And I'll say, well, I sure hope it's the one that Jesus is raising up, because if it's not, I don't want anything to do with it. Because they're wanting a title. They're wanting they're wanting, you know, something beyond just the fact that we're a bunch of people that get together and love Jesus and we seek God. They want, you know, the second Holy Baptist church that's next door to the Presbyterian, um, you know, vineyard Catholic uh, cafeteria or something, you know, they want some title to it. And I'm just at the end of the day, I just want to be a part of the church that Jesus is raising up. I want to be like Mary and I want to seek God and, out of that seeking God that, that I, yeah, I will find my faults. I will, I will know when I have a plank in my eye. I'll know when there's sin in my life and I will repent of it and I will get in right relationship with God. And, man. and then from there, I will go out and I will begin to wash the feet of the people around me. I will go to lay my life down for others. I will, you know, when I'm at the, the parts store or, I mean, I just walked into it's a big R because I needed a bolt. I was, I was haying right behind him and I broke a shear pin and I walk in there and there's a gal in there. I don't even think she knows my name. She just calls me, hey, preach. Because she knows when I come in there, I'm going to bring Jesus with me. And and I don't say that to brag. That goes exactly with what we're talking. If I draw near to God, the, the, the closer I get to God, the, it, it's just almost it's absolutely impossible for me to not let him back out. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. yeah, I mean, it, of the four of us, only one of us is, has the pastor has the title pastor, you know, and yeah. uh, and I I have a Mormon friend and he said my, you know, in our church, we call our our leader bishop. What's your my kids want to know what what's your title? I said Kevin. <laughs> said, well, what do you do? Said, I'm hoping well, I, you'll. I I'm run a ministry. Has the title pastor amongst the four of us because of it's me. You're you're sorely mistaken. Uh, that's all right. They call you pastor. Oh, that's good stuff. Good stuff, guys. Well, hey, look, we uh, uh, in someone's eyes, we may have veered off course from from Martha Mary and and. Uh, uh, and Judas and and uh, <clears throat> Lazarus. By the way, we did read Lazarus. They wanted to kill him because people were coming to know Jesus because of him. Well, guess what? We've all been raised from the dead, just yeah, like man. Lazarus was. And so, yeah. if if they wanted to put Lazarus to death, 
because Jews were coming to know Jesus because of it. <laughs> well, there's another example that we can follow right there. So, uh, look, if you don't know Jesus. Good luck. Kill me. I've already been dead once. I can just imagine that thought process. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, hey, um, yeah, if you don't know Jesus, man, come on. Uh, just start talking to him. Just start praying to him. Get in the word. Study the book of John. If you need a Bible, send me an email at acowboyconnection at gmail.com. I'll get you a Bible. If you need prayer, reach out to one of us. We're all on social media somewhere. Uh, and uh, yeah, we uh, we want to know every we want everybody to come to know Jesus. So I do want to bring up one of our instructors from uh, from Rodeo Bible Camp over the years, Trenton Montero. Uh, he got yeah. stomped. he got stomped hard, and uh, and he should be dead. Um, and he's fighting with all of his being. And uh, Joe Harper's been sending me updates. <clears throat> And he's been in surgery just about every day. Um, as of Saturday, I think he had had, oh, about eight surgeries. Um, he's been in surgery all day today, trying to clean up his intestines. Uh, just a few minutes ago, I got a text from Joe, said that he's got about 116 centimeters of small intestine left and he needs in order to live well he needs 100 centimeters and they're not sure how much more they're going to need to take out but he got his i i haven't seen the ride but he got his gut stomped hard he got cut to pieces and he's fighting he's been in and out of icu been intubated uh he's had surgery just about every day trenton montero so i'm gonna I'm going to close this out in prayer, but I'm going to throw Trenton up there and I'm going to ask you and anyone listening to be praying for him. If you're, uh, you know, uh, in three years from now, when someone listens to this podcast, go ahead and pray for Trenton, uh, you know, but uh, right now he's battling, he's fighting. So um, if you guys will indulge me, I'm going to go ahead and just close this out in prayer and I'm going to include Trenton in that prayer. So. Father, I thank you so much for these men. I thank you so much that uh, I'm challenged by them. I'm encouraged by them. And uh, I grow spiritually by the words that they should say. I pray for for uh, for these men right here that, that we continue to encourage each other and, and, uh, and fight the good fight. I pray for anyone listening right now that if you don't know Jesus, that Jesus would do a mighty work in your in your spirit, in your heart right now and that you would profess him as Lord over your life and, and begin to develop a relationship with him. And Father, I pray for Trenton and his family. I pray for your hand to be on him right now for supernatural healing and restoration. He'd sit up uh, just restored and healed, Father, very soon. For his wife and his family, that you'd give him peace and, and comfort in the midst of all of this. And for those around him, those who, who are friends and and his loved ones, his, his family there in Winnemucca, I pray, Father, that you would you'd just give them all that they need so that they can pour out into Trenton and his family. Just pray for your presence to overwhelm us this evening in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.
five. Mighty good stuff. Mighty good stuff. So we were asked to pray for. I don't know if if uh, Jr. If someone's talking, I we to us we can't hear him. So. Oh, Grandma, no, she was just saying we lift up Maria, too, his wife. We uh, we mm -hmm. got an update from Anthony Thomas, and they got a two-week-old baby boy. And, That's yeah, right. So just continue to lift Maria up and, and uh, that whole situation. We're believing for a miracle. Absolutely. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. All right. Hey, well, we'll uh, we'll be back in a week or so with another another podcast. We appreciate you joining us. God bless.